Frank Krueger. All right, let's do it. Let's talk about the AirPods Max. Is, is that it? I can't wait. We're going to do a two-hour episode on these amazing, wonderful, I'm just kidding. They're, they're kind of funny looking to my eye. Uh, headphones? What, what an opener, James. You really caught me off guard there. Well, you know, it was either that or talk about the M1 Apple Silicon processor for the 14th Sounds time. Good. Let's do it. <laughs> do you, before, before we do continue on some of the Apple announcements today, is there any M1 updates that you want to give us, Frank? You did apparently get your, you got it, right? It's it's here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm, I swear I'm not going to take over the show, so set a timer. Um, I did successfully get the computer. I had a wonderful, gorgeous road trip. Uh, weather was perfect computer is perfect james my favorite feature of it you can charge the laptop off of like a standard two amp usb charger i think that's my favorite feature of the new computer beautiful oh because it is just usb-c i assume yeah this is my first usb-c portable device well yeah so hello 21st century to me (laughs) that was the cool thing that that you know in the usb-c world or just just any standardization of things I would say that really amazed me about the MacBook, if you remember my, my MacBook, um, that thing could, I could use the same charger to charge my Nintendo switch, my phone, my MacBook. Like I only had to carry one charger with me anywhere I went, you know, and that was a quite magical moment. Yeah. And I've already bought it a dongle baby's first dongle. So I got the, I got the simplest cheap one, which is HDMI to USB a ports and card readers mm. seemed like a good travel dongle i hope right. that's all i'll need give us your two minute review of your you got the the macbook air correct yes go oh um it's a very nice keyboard it has uh that the like thinny kind of keys <laughs> i'm really good at describing things i like the thinny kind of keys the bezel is smaller i really like the bezel being smaller uh it seems to run everything that i wanted to the battery seems to be about infinite rosetta can definitely be slow on some things but in general has been just fine all the software i wanted to run has worked on it um 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 it's a little bit weird when it comes to going into clamshell mode and being a desktop computer, but you know what laptop isn't. Mm, yeah, that's my unbiased review. It's a great computer. Highly recommend it. Get the six pack. I think I need to buy one. I don't I don't need to buy one, but I think I want to buy one. <laughs> I'm not sure. It's, it's heavier than I thought. Because, mm. you know, I've been using iPads this whole time and I've gotten used to the weight of the iPad. So it came in. I was like, wow, you are not as light as I thought you were going to be. But it is smaller than my last 13 inch. So I'm happy. Would you say that it doesn't quite feel like air? I, I guess. So I don't bump. <laughs> well, you know, trombone. That was the magical moment of the MacBook when I when I would carry that thing around. You felt it when you carry that thing around. You're just like this. Does this thing even exist? Like it's like like the Surface Go. You're like, what? What is this even a device? Like, what is this thing? My 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 iPhone is heavier than it. You know what I mean? Well, my hopes is that the Air's motherboard and processor are the size of an iPhone, and the rest of the case is just battery. Because <laughs> um, that ideally, be. that's all I really want in a laptop. <laughs> It could be, well, I've heard rumors that the they're already working on um, eight core, sixteen core, like a sixty four core version for Mac Pros. Yes. I yes. heard. 
uh, rumors. I don't know which rumors to believe, but sure, I'm I'm in. I'll buy it. Too old. <laughs> I'm in. Yeah, um, I, I made that argument actually that it really should be the higher processor count because there's no sense in doing something smaller. We, we've been trapped in the small world too long. Yeah, I'm excited just to see how you use it and if you make it your main device um, day in and day out because I, I hear it's just magical to use, to be honest with you, and to understand how development life is. Like, what is development life on these new processors? currently living inside of a Rosetta two world compared to, Hey, I have in an iMac pro, right? That's, that's a good comparison that I'm not going to make you break it down yet. Cause I think we're going to, you're going to need some time to actually develop your applications, see how it works. But I am excited for that because that is, you know, to me, it's, it's a big jumping point to where developers would have to spend a lot of money to get high performance, um, for a long tail device. Right. So I would always say buy the highest end macbook pro 13 or 15 mm-hmm. inch by the highest right. end surface book that you could buy now it's like actually just buy a macbook air you're good right i mean if that's yeah. if that's reality the barrier of entry for developers to get in building software uh i think is is really awesome yeah and i would even add that if you're not traveling get the mini because it's 700 dollars and it mm-hmm. runs just fine um yeah might want one upgrade to it or something like that but it's definitely a good time to buy a Mac. They're cheap. We can get away with it. Yeah, all that good stuff. I am watching the clock like a hawk because I really don't want to turn this into another M1 episode. I am so scared, James. So Apple made some mystery December announcements. And today, out of nowhere, I saw Handsome and tweet something about buying uh, an AirPod, AirPods Max or, um, um, or two iPads or something. And I thought that was funny. But the I used to be... I used to be a headphone junkie. You know how you have sneaker heads, uh, like sneaker junkies. Mm-hmm. I was mm-hmm. a, I was a headphone junkie. I had the really high end Nokia ones that had like NFC and crazy stuff in it. I had Beats in there. I had all of these, you know, high end um, devices because I used to travel just absolutely tons, and I would be on planes and I wanted to hear nothing, and I wanted the high quality, and I listened to a lot of hip hop, so I want those deep deep bass. And, and to me at the time, that's what I cared about is I loved having just beautiful, amazing sound surrounding my eardrums all the time. Now I just want little pods that cost $10. <laughs> I was just about to compliment you because you've always had good headphone taste. I don't know how they sounded to you, but they always looked good on your head. So I was going to agree with you there. I have no idea which brands I'm even talking about. But for me, um, yeah, I'm mostly just a um, ear pod kind of person, just, you know, smaller is better, that kind of thing. But when I do travel, I like to have those noise canceling ones. And the the kind of gold standard, at least in the tech community, everyone I know has them are the um, Bose QuietComfort 360 something. I don't know. I don't even remember. Mine are so old. It's pr- I'm probably a few models behind. But those were kind of um, the standard for you're in an office and everyone annoys you or you're on an airplane and you hate the sound of the jet engine, that kind of stuff. And I I live by those. They really help me uh, while traveling to sleep and all that stuff. So love those things. It's interesting to see that um, it's still not a perfect market. I feel like technology wise, things are improving in that market. Technology is getting better. And, uh, you know, 
Okay, so I want to keep going on about like the quiet comforts and all that stuff. But one thing that I've noticed with the AirPods is you get really special Siri features when you're using AirPods. And one feature that I really love in iOS 14 is that text messages get read to you. It's such a basic feature. We, we, we should have had it for 10 years. But as it currently stands, if you're not wearing AirPods, if you're just wearing a Bluetooth headset, then you don't get that feature. You have to be wearing the AirPods, and it's so awkward. And now I see uh, I see why they can charge the premium price. Yeah, you know, these things that people came out, you know, they're like 500 and I don't know, how much are they? $580, $550. It's very expensive. Beautiful colors. I love the colors that they, they have here. But it's, it's, you know, it's an Apple device. It's going to fit into all of the Apple things that you use, like your Siri stuff. But, you know, surprisingly, at $550, it's not that far off from the Bose. The highest on Bose, not on sale, are $380. And yes, yeah. some people will say, James, $170. You can buy a lot with $170. Heck, <laughs> I just got a spin bike with a bunch of sensors and stuff on it for Ooh. under $400, which we'll talk about nice. in a bit. But it's like... You know, you're using these every single day. You get these crazy battery life of 20 hours on it and you're getting this stuff. And again, if you are a headphone junkie and you want the optimal thing and you're, you know, this is what you're about. These things look beautiful. They look very, very comfortable. And I bet the spatial audio and all the crazy stuff in the Siri integration are probably great. You know, Apple bought a company called Beats and... (laughs) They have been making like Apple has been technically making headphones over the year like this for a long time because of Beats. And they have then perfected other types of technology um, with the AirPods, you know, over over the time. And I think that some of the cool stuff that mirror or pairs with the iPhone or iPad, like the spatial audio, like the Siri integration, they're going to do special things. And like you said, Frank. Yeah, they're going to do special things because it's not just Bluetooth. It's going to be using probably their M or their W whatever chip is on there, right? And um, I don't know. I don't want to throw shade at um, at it at all. You know, I think that it's a very expensive pair of headphones. And um, if you have the money to spend on the headphones, then go for it. And you're good to go. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I think they're a little bit high. I was expecting them to be the same price as the Bose. I thought they would enter the market at that point. I thought with the HomePod Mini, they had learned, you know, maybe mm. people like cheaper products, but no, they're gonna they're gonna keep the higher price on it. Yeah, I, I'm not gonna be buying them out of the gate. Uh, these Quiet Comforts. I'm actually. I just realized that I'm wearing them right now. You know, that's mm-hmm. just how a part of my life they are. The battery is still great. All that stuff. So. We've had some good options here, and this is definitely a long time coming. They've owned Beats forever, so it's kind of amazing that we haven't gotten over-the-ear headphones from them until now. They make good products. There's no argument there, but it's a bit of money to spend. But then again, I just bought um, a new pair of AirPods for no other reason than the battery was starting to get kind of flaky on the Mm. old ones. And I was shocked at how expensive they were. <laughs> yeah. I, I had forgotten that they're, you know, they're over $200. I don't even remember how much I paid. So just, you know, if you go from mass, like put it on a scale, how much more are you getting? That's probably a terrible way to measure it. But, uh, you know, it's not unreasonable given the price of their other products. 
Yeah, when you think about the Power Beats Pro, which are the wireless kind of little tiny ones that go over your ear, those are 250. The Beats Studio 3s, those are 350. When you look at, um, if you look at just even um, AirPods, AirPods Pro, right? What are AirPods Pro, which are these little tiny things, which are also impressive, $250. (laughs) Comparatively, the amount of audio and the amount of extra stuff that they can put in these things are relatively impressive. Um, so again, they're very expensive headphones. Will I be buying them? No, but I will tell you, will James from 10 years ago buy these? Yeah, I would totally buy them. This, this is a terrible discussion because I, I came into the show having zero, negative one interest in these headphones. And now I'm sitting here, I'm like, are they worth it? This is terrible. What what are we doing? <laughs> no, they're not worth it. But if you have 500 extra dollars, go for it. <laughs> yeah, totally. Well, then you told me that Apple also announced something else, Frank. What did they announce? Well, uh, are you talking about dates? Is that what you're referring to? Because, talk- mm-hmm. yeah, I, I only heard this through the grapevine. So for me, it was like a rumor just kind of traveling on the wind here. So you're going to have to confirm this for me. But something that you've been waiting for for a very long time, Apple Fitness Plus, the thing I keep forgetting about, but you're very excited about, has actually gotten a release date. And the wind told me it was December 14th. Is that true? That is correct. That is it. And and also, I can guarantee that on December 14th, we are going to get an iOS and a watchOS update because... Apple Fitness Plus requires a a, uh, iOS 14.3 and the brand new um, AirPods Max that we just talked about also required iOS 14.3, which those come out on December 15th. So I wonder if we're getting Uh, an iOS update (laughs) quick. Yeah, I I think I just saw that beta came out like, uh, yeah, (laughs) whatever day this happens to be, that beta had just come out. So you'll probably all be able to grab grab that thing. Uh, well, it's not a good time because I think the store shuts down the 23rd. So hopefully if you have some fitness apps out there, you've already been looking into it, how to yeah. support this stuff. Yeah. I don't know. What, what are the developer implement implications for Apple fitness? So it's very fascinating. I've been entering this world and we are going to be a little dev talk into this because, um, I've been really laser focused on Apple Fitness Plus. Now, you know that in the spring, summer, and fall, I ride my bike outside. You know this, Frank. I also hike like you do, but I also ride my bike outside while you're one-wheeling. Confirm? Yeah. Uh, yes, you are doing the physical version of what I'm doing. I still think I'm getting a little more joy. But yes, um, in terms of physicality, you are a good bike rider. I also am wearing a helmet now because you are sometimes not a good bike rider and you scared me. So now I wear a helmet. You should always wear a helmet. Yes, my scars remain from my recent bike fall, and um, they are they are very prevalent. I, I shaved yesterday, are they? and yeah, my, my my chin does not look good. And I'm like, wow, I I don't know what what maybe <laughs> keep think, the beard for a few more years, huh? <laughs> well, here's the thing: is the the hair doesn't grow over the scar, so it's just like a blank space. It's weird. I guess if I grow it long, it adds a wave. Yeah, it has a wave. So <laughs> I've been tracking Apple Fitness Plus because I like to cycle outside, but I also love spin classes, Frank. These are two different things because spinning is not the same as is like uh, riding your bike or even just riding an indoor bike or a trainer or something like that. A spin class is resistance of the wheel that's on it. It is 
intervals. So you're going so fast, you're standing at some points, you're like racing, you know, it's to, to usually to music. I listen to a lot of hip hop. So my, my main boy, Alex Toussaint on Peloton is my <laughs> boy, um, you know, picks out music. So you're going to a rhythm and I, I used to go to flywheel in Seattle, um, at my peak three to four times a week. Um, which, which gets very expensive. Those classes are you know, 20 <laughs> bucks a pop. So, um, you could buy a plan that that's cheaper, obviously, but, but it's that's basically quite a club. I mean, and I don't even mm-hmm. mean in a sports club. I mean, in like a music club sense, like they don't have a bar, but otherwise it's basically a club because there's a DJ, there's just, I don't know, dancing, but not dancing. You're biking. It's a whole thing. It's very interesting. I, as an anthropologist, I find it fascinating. I'm more of an outdoor biker, but I totally get that you wanting to ride indoors because it's drier. Most of the time, half the Mm -hmm. year here in Seattle. So a lot of good reasons to bike indoors. Uh, uh, How far do you get into it? Because it seems to be a binary system. People who get into indoor biking really get into it. Is there a, is there like a intermediate level that people are chill with or is it zero or a hundred percent in that field? No, I think it's super chill. I think, I think the thing with, you know, Peloton came out and when they came out with their bike, they were the first ones to really offer the all in one package, right? You buy their bike. It has all of the sensors, all the gizmos, all the gadgets, and it's live classes and on demand. Um, I think that going into a studio, you kind of got to be all in on it. However, the at home experience, you can find your trainer that you like, and you can, um, you know, like their style, right? So maybe they're more chill. There's usually levels of difficulty that they have that are on there. But, but at the same time, the nice thing about a at-home bicycle, like an indoor bike is that there's other types of apps out here. And in fact, there's a plethora of opportunities for developers to really integrate into this world. Because I think what you just said is very fascinating is, do I have to be all in? Do I have to not be in? Where's the in-between? And Nobody is tackling this in between right now because (laughs) I feel like what I see on the market is either, um, Peloton clones, which is, is spin classes. So there's a bunch of spin studios that do it. Um, Apple fitness plus is going to have obviously spin classes, or you see really intense training applications. Like Zwift is very popular. Zwift, not Swift, but Swift with a Z Zwift. And that is, um, a really cool app where it's more like, um, long distance, um, like tour de France type of, you know, yeah, fitness, right. What is missing is, you know, when you go to the gym and you go on a stationary bike, like that experience is missing, which is like, I'm just going to cycle for a little bit and I'm going to have <laughs> a great time. You know, that yeah. type of experience is missing. Most I had a hard time finding them. They seem to be, you're either competing against other people that are, you know, people in quotes, computers, like you're, you're going, you know, cross country it's on a game. this thing, like a game, they've gamified it where, yeah. what if I just wanted to get on the bike and be pretend I'm outside, but it's a foot <laughs> of snow outside. So I can't. And that is, um, sort of missing from this world. Um, and I know this because Frank, I put together my own DIY spin bike. 
Fantastic. I am all about the DIY stuff. So I am super excited to hear about this. You sent me a video to prime me. And I'm just like, uh oh, okay, we are definitely getting deep into a hobby here. But if I can interject and add some perspective here, Mm -hmm. I remember seeing these um, bikes with the TV on them in this movie from the 80s, where there was this terrible business guy, this tough guy from New York, and then He loses all his money and has to go through a hard time. And then he has a revolutionary idea of putting a TV on an indoor bicycle. And so anytime like anyone talks about these things, I just want you to know that I'm always thinking of this 1980s movie. If anyone that's listening can actually remember what the heck I'm talking about, I would love to know that. Um, But I would say that I've actually always had an interest in this stuff, definitely not from the physical activity side, mostly from the kind of VR immersive experience side because um i i don't mind riding a bike i certainly like doing it outdoors but i don't want to do it to um racing a computer that's going to beat me every time but if i'm like in a tron universe and i can cut people off with my light trail oh maybe i might might be interested in that so please let me know when there's a tron version of all this stuff please with your diy version make a tron version of all of this stuff i think that was really cool so here's my diy version i'll put links to all the things that i purchased you know here lots of money frank i did not spend a lot of money i promise you this <laughs> good good i i keep um accumulating not expensive hobbies, but mildly expensive hobbies during this whole virus thing. I really need to cut down on hobbies. And this one's vaguely interesting, so I like to know that it's not too expensive. Yeah, I, I did a lot of research on these different bikes. And they're sort of like the Peloton level, which is like over $2,000, very expensive. All the gizmos, all the gadgets. There's a lot of bikes in between, which are in like the, you know, f- you know five to $1,000 range. And then there is this is the basic, like it is a bike and that is it. No sensors, no anything. And and I bought one of those, these, which is a sunny bike and it's uh, got a 49 pound flywheel, which is the, like the big Ooh. wheel in the front. And it was $330 delivered to my door by Amazon, Ooh. which is quite impressive. Now that alone Especially for a 50 pound plus crate jeepers, the yes. four delivery person. <laughs> oh, I, yeah. They carried it over and it was very impressive because the entire package was 112 pounds. And I oh, have no idea. Yeah, it's expensive. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Um, so here's the thing. This bike, again, has no th- nothing on it. And and the idea here is that I wanted to use this with Apple Fitness Plus, which, again, requires no hardware. It doesn't integrate. Apple's not selling a bike, right? So I was like, oh, well, you know, I don't want to buy something that already has a bunch of sensors and a bunch of tablets that I am locked into an ecosystem. And and what if I hate that experience? Well, then I wasted a thousand bucks compared to $400 and you know, I'm there. So I, I I just wanted to interrupt that as far as I understand any indoor exercise equipment, it's really just how long does it become like a coat rack or a mm -hmm. shirt rack or something. So you don't want to, I can understand not wanting to do the thousand dollar gamble because it might be a coat rack in a month. And it's I know a, it's once, a true possibility. And I know once the spring and summer come, I'm going to be outside again, right? Like that's going to be my jam. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, I put this together and the key thing that I got here is an iPad stand that kind of latches onto the bars so I can put my iPad on there, which I already had an iPod iPad. So that was very lucky. And then, um, or a phone, you can put your phone on there too. And then I bought this little sensor. It's a cadence sensor. There's, um, it, it straps onto the sort of, um, crank 
um, of the of the pedal. And this gives you the rotations per minute. And that's really important because that's going to tell you how fast you're going else you don't really know. And that's sort of a mystery. But once I got into this world of, you know, I just use the Peloton digital app and you can do this and I'll display that cadence over Bluetooth, which is cool. I found that as a developer, I was like, well, what else can you do with this? Right. And I immediately thought, well, I have an Apple watch. Like how come I can't get my my health data and I can't get my heart rate on there. Like, how does this okay. work? And there's, okay. there's all these sensors, right? There's an the opportunity Slow down. here. Slow down. Sensors. Too much, too much sensor overload. I want to go back to, um, your magical, uh, RPM sensor because this thing's very clever. It's such a simple device. We've had this technology forever. It was just someone clever, put it together into a good package. So as far as I understand it, James, it just has a gluey sticky side. And you can stick it to anything, and it'll tell you how fast that thing is spinning. It's, it, it's that kind of versatile, isn't it? Even more, not even a sticky thing. Basically a big rubber band that you okay. put around. <laughs> <laughs> love it. I love it so much. It's, it's funny because I actually wrote a blog entry about this today, and it's been something I've been adopting with my robots. When you're driving wheels on robots, it's really beneficial to know how fast that wheel is spinning. But there are a million and one reasons why it's a pain in the in, in the rear end to find out that information. And what I've kind of resorted to is I just put a gyro, an accelerometer, onto the wheel itself, and that way I can get accurate, um, not even not even just rate of rotation, but position, because this thing could probably even tell you if you're holding your foot up or holding your foot down. It's just that information's irrelevant. But I just love how general purpose it is. Just a little Bluetooth device, strap it onto anything, and it tells you RPM. I love that a lot. I'm, and I'm looking at your blog post right now, which I'll totally put in there, which is so funny. But yeah, I totally see your little RPM gauge and little, um, little yeah, like yeah. graph on here. This is crazy. Yeah, I actually, building robots, I don't like to have too many sensors because sensors break and all that stuff. And I really haven't been doing wheel speed, angular velocity of the wheel, just because it's it's a bit more work. But my robots keep falling over. They're not very good. And I want my robots to be better. So I've been working really hard on adding these kind of rotational sensors to them. Well, and I thought right away, what's cool is that, you know, these sensors there's a bunch out there there's some from different companies i bought mine i was 17 dollars. i mean great yeah crazy you know there's I mean, some you could build it for it's bluetooth le i'm assuming mm-hmm. right so mm-hmm. it would cost you yeah i mean parts would be seven dollars so that's a good price i like it yeah not, not bad right there's there's some that go up to 40 dollars if you want them smaller more compact things like that and you know for me the first thing I thought in my mind was, wow, like I didn't realize that there's a standardization of this data for, for it. Right. And because, <laughs> because I installed four apps and all four apps immediately connected to it over Bluetooth and read all the data, like pretty fast, like really accurate. Well, and I was like, that's cool. Yeah. I think that's what, why as a developer, I really love Bluetooth LE because it's a very simple protocol of advertise some services and post some data to it. And so all you need, you don't need a, a, a real consortium with, you know, Europeans meeting in Brussels or anything like that. You can just have a bunch of hackers say, hey, we're going to use code 42 to represent 
RPMs. All right. You know, everyone buys in pretty quickly. So I, I love that uh, these little micro standards are coming out and I hope people are documenting them somewhere. Because yeah, uh, as a as a dev, I want to I want to play. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And there's another sensor you can get too, which is speed sensor. And I don't really know exactly how that differs from cadence sensor because one goes. I'm assuming the difference is that one outputs a different data on a different Bluetooth frequency um, type of data because the cadence will tell you obviously between like 50 and like I say 120 RPM rotations per minute. And then speed will tell you like miles per hour, kilometers per hour, yeah. which uh, they usually put that like on the hub of the wheel in the front, but on a spin bike that right. doesn't exist. But I'm imagining it's doing similar things. Oh, it, it's yeah, it's a very simple conversion between those two. It's just a multiplication factor of your gearing ratio. It's uh, that one's fun because I again, I'm still imagining Tron here. I want you know people to be able to go fast and have absolute positioning within the world. And if you want absolute positioning, you need to know speed and things like that. So good, the light cycles, the light cycle idea is still sound sounding valid. I think it is. And in fact, you know, if, if a light cycle, if you're powering a light cycle via your RPM, you connect it up and yeah. boom, you now have the speed of your life's light cycle based on your real world yeah. RPM. That's cool. Gladiator tournament. We'll just I mean, make it massively multiplayer. It's, it's a, it's gold mine here. I'm just saying like the potential here is untapped. I, I have not seen anybody really that I know of connect physical things in the world. I'm, I'm just saying like everything's AR based or whatever, but like I'm connecting a physical bike, transmitting data to this iPad. And I want to be immersed in a really different type of experience. And like with this tiny sensor, that's actually kind of oddly possible in a way. Yeah. And it always comes down to that. It's it's always new sensor technology, new battery technology, that kind of stuff. I agree with you wholeheartedly. It's how I got into software was working on cars. It was, it was never good enough for me to have software running in a computer. It had to affect the real world or they had to merge in some way. I wanted to create Lawnmower Man. I wanted to create Tron. You know, this is my long-term goal. I'm definitely doing the cyberspace thing. So I, I again, I still don't know if I want 160 beat per minute heart rate while i'm in cyberspace but you know it could be a fun version of cyberspace <laughs> it could it could be exactly because that, that kind of leads to the next part because well this thing is giving you rpm the peloton app and other applications can read your heart rate they have they have a way of you know getting a heart rate monitor which there's you know tons out there that you can buy but also we have a apple watch on our you know wrist that is giving us our heart rate and um, what's really fascinating about this is I did a bunch of research and, and, you know, the heart rate sensors, monitors, including the Apple watch, they all have the ability to sort of transmit the data and that's also standardized. And this is what kind of blew my mind. And I was like, how is it that the cadence thing can just be standardized and it works in all these applications and everything. And then heart rate, like that is just standardized. Like somebody randomly <laughs> agreed on this. And like, that kind of blows my mind that yeah, the, these sensors can just connect magically over Bluetooth LE all at the same time. Right. And just work crazy. Right. So you have my ad hoc standards that I was talking about, but at the same time, the Bluetooth consortium came up with this 
what seemed like a ridiculous list, honestly, in the early days of Bluetooth of like all these different trying to remember what they call them they weren't schemas but you you know something along those lines of you would advertise the heart rate channel and then people can subscribe to the channel and it's funny because it's definitely one of those things that was over designed there Mm. there's a million channels and schemas that we are not using no one's building hardware that uses them no one has a reason for them we just don't care but then you have these little winners like heart rate <laughs> and it's, it's a good thing that they actually did it. But that's the problem with those kinds of standards. You can't have a closed standard because you can't predict what the killer app is going to be or what clever little use of a sensor is going to enable um, Tron in the living room. It's, it's hard to predict that stuff. So it's good. I, I'm just realizing that I'm I'm nervous because when there's a good technology like Bluetooth LE, I'm like, how long until it gets locked down and then we <laughs> can't true. have all these good toys? But for now, That's it's true. a good time. Yeah, and and that kind of got me into the next area, which I think would really be cool of taking advantage of, which is heart rate, right? Which is, it's an open standard. And the problem with the Apple Watch is that it doesn't have a broadcast heart rate, right? Basically, Apple is in control of the data. However, as an application developer, you can tap into that on the watch and on your iPhone. Okay, right. So I've I've never done these APIs, but I know that you can subscribe to events in HealthKit. Is that how you get the heart rate? That is correct. So at least what I found is I needed to cast my heart rate to the iPad, right? Because it's on my watch. I need to get it over. So there's a trick. There's a few applications. The one I got was called HeartCast. It's completely free by Sean Carrillo, who happened to be randomly following me on Twitter, which was kind of cool. Nice. And uh, it's really brilliant. So you install the app on your phone, install your app, the app on your Apple Watch, and the Apple Watch app subscribes to heart rate data, and it sends it to your phone and then the phone broadcasts it via Bluetooth LE to <laughs> the iPad. Brilliant. I love it. I love it. I love that we're turning our $1,000 phones into these tiny little 12-byte, <laughs> 16-byte broadcasters. It's great. I love it. I love it. Um, it. You know, part of me wants to call it a hacky solution, but at the same time, this is exactly what Bluetooth LE was designed for i find it a little bit strange that you have to do that kind of double bounce from the watch to the phone you would assume that the phone could subscribe to the same events but it's apple (laughs) sometimes it's a little funny how things work well and i think that's what's going to be really interesting is how apple fitness plus actually works in the real world because the big selling point of apple fitness plus is that you have to have an apple watch so that's actually not a selling point but since you have to have an Apple watch, it knows all of your data, right? It knows how long you've been working out your heart rate, any of the other sensors that are on the Apple watch. And it'll be, that'll be automatically broadcast to your Apple TV or your iPad or anything else, iPhone, if you will, in real time. So I'll be fascinated there. But for now, everyone's sort of hacking around this because, yeah, why would I want to go buy another heart rate monitor when I have a heart rate monitor already on? But then I got me thinking, right? You now have the RPMs, you have the heart rate and potentially the speed. And you could be reading all three of these at the same time. And Frank, the possibilities to create your Tron world with those (laughs) different 
sensors in real time, imagine the pulsing is like at the pulsing of like your heart rate or something like that, or like enemies, you know, as you are going up or down, like enemies intensify as you lower your heart rate or increase your heart rate. I'm just saying like, there's a lot of really cool possibilities that I haven't seen any app, maybe I just don't install a lot of applications, tap into this capability and it's there. It's been there. The heart, the heart rate data, the sensor data, all this stuff is there. And I, it kind of blew my mind. I was like, somebody's already kind of hacking and working on the system. And I'm like, wow, that's just cool. Yeah. Uh, okay. I'm not going to write this game. I'm not writing a game this year. Not going to do it, but boy, I want to sit down and write this game now. Sounds fun. Um, it's, it's funny how the future, you can just tell everything's going to be gamified now. So I, I used to row on crew. And so we have those great little rowing machines that you'd use indoors. Mm -hmm. And I love those, but I never had one with like a cool TV where like, Maybe there's a shark chasing me and I'm trying to get away from the shark. I would I would love those. Or, you know, the the disco club with the instructor playing music while I row away from the shark and all those things. What other indoor exercise things can we gamify? Well, I guess that's what we're going to find out with Apple Fitness Plus Pro. I think so. Yeah. I mean, with the Apple Fitness Plus or the other ones, right, you have like the ability to run. I mean, any of these sensors kind of give you a bunch of data and we're not even talking about the other sensors that you could get, which is the accelerometers, the gyroscopes, like all that stuff, those capabilities in your phone um, are an additional factor that you could just sort of bring in. And to me, that is this potential that you know, we've done 230 some odd things and we haven't really talked about sensors and these devices are packed full of them. And these, you know, small little things that you can attach could, could really create like really odd, interesting at home experiences, especially in the time of COVID more people are inside, more people are buying these bikes, buying fitness equipment and the cap the possibilities are there because the first thing I did, Frank, is I literally went to the app store and I said, indoor cycling and bike spinning and stuff like that. And what I was really looking for was that sort of, um, you know, I'm going up a mountain or like I am you yeah. know, going around a thing and they just didn't exist. Like nothing existed and nothing brought those together. And I was like, wow, there's a huge untapped health industry. Cause there are all these really big See, paid and subscription things. I, I was like, huh, interesting. I, I, I feel cheated. Okay. I saw this in the eighties. That was 40 years ago and no one's written good games for this stuff. I, I, if you had just asked me flat out, how many games do you think there are for, I don't know, biking the Grand Canyon or something like that? I would have said it's probably a whole subgenre in the app store, but you're telling me it's not right now? Not that I can find. I could be wrong. And if listeners know, and you are, <laughs> if you're running away from zombies and you're doing right. cool stuff. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. There has to be the treadmill app, the zombie attack treadmill. I mean, how could there not be? That's I don't the obvious know. one. <laughs> I feel like there's like this crazy or a dog, a dog chasing you. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, you know, I I'm all for like hollow decks and that stuff, and I don't want to get too fat in my hollow deck. So I'll, I'll appreciate this equipment. And honestly, I really do love that you were able to do a do it yourself one. I have a friend who paid a lot of money for an indoor bike. So it's really cool to see you find the less expensive path. And the iPad stand looks really clever. And I really can't wait 
for you to report back on the cool video games you find. Yeah, I really hope that there are some. And I'll, of course, report back on Apple Fitness Plus when it comes out in a few uh, weeks. So I guess a week from today when this podcast is out. Or actually, wait. Oh, on the day the podcast comes out, this thing comes out. Crazy. I'm sorry. I, I just I'm still thinking about the Tron game. It's just if it hasn't been obvious, I've just been thinking about this whole podcast. Um, the problem is on your little indoor bikes, they don't have steering wheels, right? You can't really turn the handlebars. Is that correct? You cannot know. Okay, so we need a way to know if you're going to do your Tron 90 degree turn or not. And we can just use the front facing camera with the depth <sighs> sensor or something mm-hmm. like that. You just lean, lean the direction that you want to turn. It'll be It's fine. true. Yeah, you know, that that's a great point because there are times you're up or you have these sensors on the Apple Watch. What if you went up, down to turn? Just saying. All right. Well, we'll we'll just we'll run it through the the user research, whatever you call that stuff, user study. <laughs> we'll find out. The the possibilities are endless on this weird thing. I don't even know what we talked about today. This is a very odd, weird episode of this podcast, Frank. Fitness and sensors. It's cool. Uh, I have a lot of experience with sensors because of my robotic stuff, but um, I don't have a lot of experience with fitness. So it's a good merging of the two worlds. Yeah. And in fact, you know, we did have an entire episode on your one wheel, which funnily enough is a lot of sensors. Fair enough. Fair enough. See, touche. (laughs) Yeah. It all brings it together. Oh my goodness. Well, look at that very minimal M1 talk today. I'm very impressed with us. Go us. It's really just restraint. Obviously I can go on and on about it, but yeah, um, I'm not even going to say anything more though. I do like how the screen dims a little bit at night and that's the last thing. (laughs) Okay. All right. There you go. That's the last thing for this podcast. Anyways, if you've, if you thought this was interesting at all, definitely let us know right into the show, (laughs) um, head over to mergeconflict.fm and uh, shoot us an email. We would love to, to hear from you, or you can of course hit us up on, um, you know, Twitter or anything like that. We would love it. We, we, we sit basically by our Gmail account all day, just waiting for someone to email us. And, um, we would love It's true. That. I have no life. I, I don't really have any purpose in life right now. <laughs> I'm just like, please, somebody tell me what to do. Um, that'd be human great. contact, human contact. <laughs> that's true. I feel like that's why I've been, I've been I'd, six days in, I've been done six spin classes. Like that's cool. Someone's telling me to ride this bike and they're, I'm, I'm here. Well, I have a friend. <laughs> I'm a friend. Granted, I'm married and I have one of my best friends by my side every day, but you know, it's also good to someone. Variety, diversity. (laughs) There you go. Uh, All right. Well, I think it's going to do it for this week's podcast. So until next time, I'm James Montemagno. And I'm Frank Kruger. Thanks for listening. Peace. Peace.